When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We are the Hairy Bikers, I'm Si. No kidding, and I'm Dave. And just before we become the Agony Uncles, we're going to give you a little bit of help in the kitchen. Yes, we're going to tell you all about meat. Uh, that's meat with ER on the end. If you've not heard of meat air, it's a wireless meat thermometer. So you stick it in your roast or whatever else you want to stick it in and use the app to see how it's cooking and doing. It's great because you can see the meat temperature on your phone, exactly the temperature while it's cooking. So you're leaving nothing to chance. And it's not just for the oven. It works on the barbecue, frying pan, even an air fryer. Basically, if you use meter, you have the confidence to cook like a pro. And it actually even measures the temperature while the meat is resting. So, you know, you engage everything absolutely properly. And I like things done properly. Oh, yes, indeed. Yes. So, Meter is great. And as they're sponsoring the Agony Uncles podcast, we've done you a favour because as one of our listeners, you get a meat, uh, you get a Meter for 20% off. It's an exclusive offer to the Agony that are the Uncles listeners. It's easy to get your 20% off. Just go to meter.com, which is spelt M-E-A-T-E-R, and use the code HAIRY20. That's H-A-I-R-Y-2-0 to get 20% off anything in the meter range. Right, let's dig into your dilemmas with the Agony Uncles, sponsored by Meter. Yes, Meter. Helping you to eat better forever. Here to bring us your problems, and remember, neither me, Dave, or Tash get to see them before we hear them. It's the Silver Duke of Wonderfulness himself, Mr. Jeeves. Hello, Mr. Oh, Jeeves. Building the parts, I, I like that very much. Yes, uh, yes uh, good, uh, lovely to see you. Really, um, uh, really looking forward to this podcast. We've got some uh, excellent things for you to get your teeth into. And and it's yes, it's true. It's, it's something that we had a couple of comments on. It's like, do you get to see the problems first? And no, the first time that Uncle Si, Uncle Dave, and Poshtash get to uh, find out about these problems is when they hear them. So all the advice you hear is genuine and off the top of their brilliantly. Yes, it's all that. Um, uh, one thing we've got to mention, and uh, I did send this photo over, we got a photo it from uh, a, a very, uh, very happy uh, lady who sent in a problem uh, about her friends always trying to fix her up, if you remember that one. And since oh, your advice, yes. since your advice, she says she's happy to report that all is now calm. Uh, and she's sent in a picture that uh, was taken. Uh, this was a, a thing you did in Ely, uh, one of her favourite pictures ever. And I have to say, it's a very happy looking Sarah with Si and Dave in the middle there. Is that, do you remember that event? Yes, Ely Cathedral. Yeah, we've yes. been there a couple of times, actually, sort of speaking about our books. It's very, nice. very, very refined. Yes. Uh, and Sarah also says, on another note, she'd like to answer Si's Zaflora question. Because the, oh, yeah. the Zaflora conversation hasn't gone away. She says, here's where I keep mine. I have a spray bottle and a normal bottle in my kitchen cupboard, a spray bottle in the bathroom, and a spare in another cupboard. I'm obsessed, Sigh. 
and hope you're all okay. Keep up with the podcast. It's just brilliant. Well, thank you, Sarah, for sending that in. And yeah, how's your Sephora um, collection going, Simon? Well, it's going very well, you see, because now I'm I'm in this flat for various reasons, and I'm mm. starting to panic because I looked underneath the sink and there was no Sephora. <gasps> so I'm legging it as soon as I finish this podcast over to a well-known supermarket or bargain basement rumbling run thing <laughs> and then i'm gonna buy a load of sephora because i'm panicking yeah I've, I've got this temporary dining table at monks just moved in and it's it's kind of mirrored glass which is a devil to keep clean but not with sephora oh no oh and it shines it smells nice too yeah do you know what i did the other day just to confess i managed to um i like my sephora wipes like i'm converted now totally i like my spray but i'm converted to the wipes i actually wiped my kid's face with the other day and then realized it was a sephora wipe not a normal <laughs> wipe <laughs> i was like it's multi-purpose just let everyone know his face is fine no rashes we're great excellent. Excellent. perfect perfect one wipe for them all and on that note with not pills of wisdom like how to wipe your children's face with sephora wipes she's pearls of wisdom and she hasn't got her pearls on today, but it's Posh Tash. Hello, darling. Morning, morning. No, sorry, I've gone for running gear, leopard print running gear today in the hope that I might do some exercise, but I don't often move from this spot, actually, most of the day. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, very nice. You're looking well on it. Thank you. It's bright and now, cheerful. It is bright and cheerful. And uh, uh, Mr. Myers, me bestest matey, get yes. your jingling finger waggling, dude, and press the what's it. Right, I shall press it now. Bingy, bing, ding, ding, boom. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't help. <laughs> we love your jingle finger. Hello, hairy bikers. Here is my request. I have got a problem that I must get off my chest. Won't you listen to my story like a hairy Jack and Ori? Because I heard your advice is the best. In today's edition of the Agony Uncles podcast, Uncle Sai, Uncle Dave, and Poshtash, you will be pondering these perplexing plights. We have. Back to the 70s. We have Is My Dating Doomed? We have the Out of Order Sister and in Confidential Corner today. We have I'm Just Too British. But we're going to kick off with this problem here, which is called Back to the 70s. It comes from Karen, who says, Dear Uncle Sai, Uncle Dave and Posh Tash, I teach at a secondary school. And one of the things I want to do in the new year is look at cooking through the decades and the way that food has changed over the years. One way I thought of engaging properly with these kids would be to cook something that would be representative of each decade. And this is where you come in. I believe you're old enough to have lived through the 60s, the 70s and the 80s. So if you had to choose one dish that screamed 60s, 70s and 80s, so three dishes in total, I think she means. What would you pick? I hope you can help because then I can say the hairy bikers advised me. I know I'm cheeky. This comes from Karen. Over to you. Well, I'll kick it off with the sixties. It's got to be a Vesta. Yeah, I was a just Vesta thought... chicken chow man. Yeah, you know that came with a sachet of soy sauce, which is the most potently savoury thing I've ever tasted. It also came with some noodles that you fried and put on top of your Vesta. I must admit that in the sixties I was a small boy. But I used to look forward to my Vesta. And I'd sit on my floor cushion in my homemade loon pants, because my mother had a sewing machine, but we had no money. So I made them myself. Loon <laughs> pants with the 28 inch bell bottom trousers. Damn so what on. I did was I cut them to the knee and I put denim triangles in the side and fringes on the bottom. And I looked awful. <laughs> uh, but I would sit there. Well, I had alopecia, so I couldn't be airy. So I'd sit this little bald child in 28 inch self made loons with 
my chicken chow mein and I knew that my future lay in food and exotica way beyond Barrowing Furnace. That's the 60s. Over to you. Uh, 70s has got to be the introduction of a well uh, of, of Wimpy and burgers, hasn't it? It's got to be. Because I never, I, I, I just remember going up Northumberland Street with me Auntie Hilda going, what's that? <laughs> and she went, oh, it's one of them funny places where you go and stand in your queue when they give you a sandwich. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, but what is it? <laughs> they call them burgers, son. You don't want anything to do with them. Yeah. They're American. Magic. And I'm sure they weren't. <laughs> just <laughs> But what I remember from Wimpy's was the Bender Frankfurter. Do you remember that? Yes, yes. It was a Frankfurter Dave. that was slashed, and then you could sit an egg in the middle. Yes. Oh. I used to love a Bender Frankfurter. You know, it was um, it was good. Yeah. I mean, you know. I haven't been to a Wimpy. No, well, there's not many left now, is there? No. You know. I've done McDonald's, but I haven't done a Wimpy before. I reckon you couldn't call it a Bender Frankfurter anymore. I reckon that wouldn't be allowed, would it? Why? I don't know why. Wait, Ben's. Ben's. Oh, right, I see. Yeah. Around. Oh, no, no, no. I don't know. Oh, I think I don't, you couldn't say it nowadays. It just doesn't sound right. Well, what about you? Then you're going into the realms of not saying you bend because it you may know. have some connotation to somebody's sexual Maybe. preference. I mean, what? I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> you bend. Um, <laughs> I feel like you've passed it on to me to say 80s, and I think. No, no, we're still on the 60s. Oh, you were there, were you, Tash? You were in the 70s, weren't you? Oh, yeah, no, we went to 70s. Oh, you did? Oh, yeah, we went to 70s, we were wimpy. Yeah. And then, um, what was the 80s? Well, I I was, I don't know, I was team 80s. Um, I I posh bit. I remember Parma Ham and Melon. (laughs) Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I forgot about that, yeah. Parma Ham and Melon. Yeah, well, I where I'm from, they all thought nobody's eating that ram. It's raw. Hams <laughs> <laughs> should be boiled. <laughs> it was like, I think pavlovas and, and prawn cocktails and palmer ham and melon, but I'm thinking of my mother cooking dinner parties rather than me eating oh, it. Oh, uh, I think it the was... 80s for me was the discovery of, like, the curry house. The 80s curry house in South London being a student was a thing of absolute absolute joy. I remember going for my first curry and broccoli and um, it was a chicken madras because I recognised there was a tin of decaying Schwami's curry powder in the back of the larder. And so I asked for a, a, a chicken madras, some rice, I can have some of those big crisp things, the poppadoms. <laughs> and honestly, that was it. I blew me grant. I came back two stone heavier and wow. addicted. And that's why I had to learn to cook, because I had to learn to feed myself, because I couldn't afford to go out anymore. But it was always the same pattern. You know, my good to go with mate, we ordered one sheik, one shammy kebab, have one each, you know, the, the flatty one of sausage, one, then two curries, rice side dishes and share, and um, on, and a couple of pints of lager. Oh, it was heaven. Heaven. Do you think you still go back to that? Because I always find when you order takeaways, or you go and have your Chinese, your Indian, unless you're in a, a really quite incredible Indian, you know, or Chinese restaurant, it's really hard to step away from what you like. It's really hard to experiment. That classic Friday night takeaway, whatever you do, you, you always go for the same rice, the same chicken dish you always have. It's, it's a, a pattern, isn't it? And they've got really tricksy now as well because they're trying to reinvent themselves. So all the same things that you used to know, they've just changed the names. Yeah. So you go, oh, what's that? <laughs> oh, it's a vindaloo when you get it. You know, it's like, <laughs> uh, a what? 
Yeah, or oh, the, the lamb shank Rogan Josh has appeared, hasn't it? Yes, it has. No, yes, it, but, which is terribly good, but it's still the same, but with a, a hoof in it. You know, <laughs> 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 um, oh, no, in the 70s, that was glam rock, wasn't it? And the food was, 70s was so processed. Remember that, the bread yeah. and... Um, yeah. Do you remember that there used to be a loaf called Big D that was circular? Yes, yes, I do. Yes. Big D. It was circular and you had circular sandwiches and it had ridges down it. It was whole, so you could cut it in the ridges and make circular sandwiches. I forgot about that. It was you great circular? For... Like, a, like a cob loaf, like when it's... No, no, no like this is cylindrical. Rather oh. than circular. Yeah. It was probably processed, but it was a cylinder about a football kind of width. Okay. And um, it was strangely satisfying. The crusts were amazing, weren't they? Yeah. Yeah, they were. Yeah, they were. I'll tell you who used to have it, because we weren't allowed anything like that. But me, um, uh, there was a fella called, um, I used to go for tea sometimes, called David Hall. And Hawley's mum always used to have the big D, because he had a few bob, because mm. his dad worked at uh, Caterpillar. And, um, and oh, hey, I used to love going, for, and they used to do chip butties. And then on a Friday, yeah. they'd do chip butties with ham in. <gasps> oh, that was decadent. That was decadent. Oh, that was so good. Yeah. So I think, so basically we've got 70, 60s is festas, 70s yeah. is the derivatives of odd-shaped loaves and sandwiches. And then, because then you can give all the social history, you see, yeah. uh, to the back of all that. And what and 80s was curry. Yeah, well, when we yeah. did Best of British, we, we kind of covered the traditionals, didn't we? Mm. Like dinner party dishes. And by God, they were good. Things like the, the chicken with 40 cloves of garlic. Oh, um, so good. The steak Diane, a chicken chasseur. Yeah. And, and when we recreated these dishes, we, we, we cooked them really well. But with the crew, they went down bonkers, didn't they? And they obviously did. the prawn cocktail. But with homemade Mary Rose sauce, a little bit Tabasco in. Um, and to be fair, they were really good with the baked Alaska on the top. And the yum factor was huge. Um, and, you know, you always know when a crew disappears. It's like, oh, we've been deluding ourselves for the past 40 years. It was really good. <laughs> you know, you say about baked Alaska. I think my memory date is always meringues. Meringues at parties, pavlovas, baked yeah. Alaskas. There's a lot of whip white egg, white egg yolks there. Oh, no, whip, uh, whites, egg whites. Yeah, a chicken in a basket. You know, when you first oh, kind yeah. of emerged, that was a 70s thing, wasn't it? I, I, always used to, I used to think it was really a really funny joke. Oh, I, I bet you can't do soup in a basket, though, can you? I think it was really <laughs> funny. You know, it wasn't really. So, chicken in a basket. Why? Well, it was fun and fancy. It's like nowadays when they serve it on a, you know, a board or a brick, isn't it? It's just the way you serve it. Just getting people reinterested. Or a slate. On a brick? Yeah, oh. you have a brick and then they say it inside of a brick. A brick? Yeah, a brick. Like a house brick. Like a brick, yeah. And they serve all the nibbles inside of the brick. Not had one of them before. What restaurants are you going to? I've never been. I'd, I'd, I'd ask for my money back. I want a bloody never, plate top. Oh, me neither. Called the builder's arms. A brick. <laughs> the builder's arms. Builder's arms. I like that. Oh, hey. <laughs> hey. It's all right because if you've got no money, you can put it on the slate. Oh, <laughs> and that will cement the relationship. Oh. oh. Make it oh, stop. There you go, Karen. Not only have you got some decent dishes for your kids, but you've also got some of the worst dad jokes in living history just for free as well. Just right there. Food makes everything better.
next problem uh, comes from a lady called Sarah, and it's called, Is My Dating Doomed? And Sarah says, Hello, Uncle Si, Uncle Dave, Poshtash, and the Duke. I like that. I've just had a birthday that officially makes me mid-30s, and it marks a year since I decided to join dating apps after being single for six months. What a year it's been. My dates include the following. One fella taking a photograph of my bum as I was leaning on a table, being ghosted the day before a third date, being told by a fella that he'd like to sleep with me, but nothing more, awful chat-up lines on the apps, including... Actually, I've read the chat-up lines, and I can't... Even on this podcast, I can't put them on. They're just too hideous. However, says Sarah, just a few days ago, a fella I was chatting to asked my number to video call me so we could get to know each other. I thought this was a good idea. Things were looking up. But when the call connected, there he was, just playing with himself. What? When I hung up, he messaged me a load of abuse about being prudish. So any advice on online dating and how to avoid the blokes out there who've forgotten how to behave like gentlemen, asks Sarah. Over to you. I'm speechless. Oh, Benham. Yeah, I, I, I have absolutely no idea. Uh, Helen Lee, you know, Auntie Hells. Yes. She's a, she's a uh, habitual online dater. And... Yeah, she just gave it up. She said, because they're all bonkers. What does possess a man? And you hear it in the media, don't you, about some celebrities who get their little old fella out on the video or on Twitter or whatever, and think it's great. You know, it's like, hello, it's the World Wide Web. Yeah. Um, you know, why, how, or, or in what thing can it be sensed to be erotic? Um, okay, I'm going to go back. I think there's something we're in. A, I mean, my children have education at school about not sending photos at teenagers. Don't do anything online. You know, it's wrong. You can put yourself out there. So it's obviously is an issue. Now we've got, photo, you know, cameras and phones and things like that. But I think there's one thing if you're in a loving relationship and you've got a little moment, you go, go on, go on, love. Maybe your long distance relationship. I can see why someone might do it. I'm not putting my hands up saying I've done it, but I can see why they would. On a first date and you pick up the phone and it's already out. I think that's just a perv. That's an absolute yeah, nut, same nut here. on the other yeah, end. Yeah. Uh, there's no, no relationship in that. So, I mean, just put the phone down and go, not all men are like that. And I, I think it must be quite difficult to navigate what, because you know, like all oh, our lives are run by apps. You can't go to the toilet or use toilet roll without an app. So <laughs> I, I, it was just like an Andrex app. What? what? Oh, never mind. Um, and I just think it must be quite difficult to navigate all of those apps. Because the thing is, by the Helping very out. nature of it, it's kind of very impersonal, isn't it? It's just about, and then how do you actually start to get to know? It's such a massive chance. And yeah. everybody that goes onto those sites or, 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 or sends up them will clearly have, some of somebody will have the same agenda as you, but going through the morass of people that don't, must be incredibly mm. disheartening and difficult, I think. Yeah, I don't I know. So. I don't know. I, I, I was. I had a, that dinner I had the other weekend here, and it was my oldest friend and her new partner uh, of two years, who she met on a dating app. And mm. then my other friend that was there, they'd married for years ago. They'd met on a dating app, but so all very long-term relationships and married. And then I sat there and we talked about the app uh, that they'd done it. They'd met on, and I was like, I don't understand it. I, you know, I've been married so long. I've got no idea. I couldn't. I, I can't work it out. And then my children, my teenage children, both went, well, it works like this. 
And then my husband walked in the room and goes, oh yeah, don't you understand? And I realized I was the only person in the room that didn't know how that dating app worked. And I wasn't sure if I was more horrified at the fact that my husband knew, my teenage children knew. <laughs> and I was like, oh, oh, okay. So it's it's clearly quite accepted to understand the, the way it works. And, and they'd all met and all, well, my children obviously not, and not my husband, had met people through it and said it was brilliant. And that's the way forward. <laughs> Right. Well, I often think, though, you know, like when there's so many stories of trolling, you know, some people, you know, I mean, like, like for us, if we do a programme and maybe people don't like it. There's ways of saying it. And some of the things we get are, are quite frank, frankly, quite well, it, 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 goes, it goes over our heads, you know what I mean? But it's quite frankly, sometimes it's abusive. There are keyboard warriors, aren't there, out there? People who hide behind the keyboards. Yeah. And I suspect that's probably the same with the dating apps, you know, because they can't get out and say something to your face. Yeah, um, yeah. Then, then, then they think they can do what they like, and I think that's probably the same with dating. Although, dear God, thank you, I'm too old not to have to worry. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I think that's yeah. I, 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 it, it, it's hard to get your head around, isn't it? Really, I, I, I honestly don't know what to say to this lovely lady because clearly she's she's invested in trying to find a partner, but then you've got this, you know, people getting their private parts out. You know what they need. Actually, I tell you what we could do. We could set up an agency. I've just had an idea. Oh, God. So what we do, we set up an agency. So any time that you see anybody with their bits out, you know, you just go, you need manscaped. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tidy up your tool. Yeah. <laughs> That's the strap line. Tidy up your tool. You need manscaped. That's it. That's you know what I would, you know, I would do is, uh, well, <laughs> you, you would, you should just say, right, I'm just going to put that on Facebook and I'm going to distribute it widely with your name. <laughs> and uh, how do you think about that then, you rude individual? Yeah, I think that's you know what I would say. I'd go, is that it? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh. Oh. Yeah. oh. Cutting. Yeah, quite like that. So she had one, one man who just put his cards on the table, said he wanted sex and nothing more. I suppose it's like, well, you just go, oh, clear off and walk away. But mm. at least you weren't being manipulated then, were no. you? Yeah, I agree. Mm. And you know where you stand, don't you? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, but after you've invested time in that and probably got to meet him, it's like, oh, no, what a waste okay. of time, effort, and, mm. you know, your false eyelashes. It's not on, is it? No. no. The plus side is this thing, though. At least it was a call. All she has to do, hit the off button, and she doesn't pick it up ever again. Yeah. You know, yeah. well At least she wasn't caught in an awful moment. You know, she's gone to meet him for a drink and suddenly got around the, down the side of the alley. That's that's the plus side, I think. You know, these yeah. that's, that's as you say, Dave. They hide behind the, the screens. So I think move on. Not yeah. every man can do that. No, not everybody. Just just keep the faith. Although it must be really difficult. Mm. And also, what must be really difficult is meeting. It. How many cups of coffee can you actually drink? Do you know what I mean? Because you always go, "Oh, let's meet for a coffee." Oh, yeah. <laughs> mm. oh. <laughs> but what's wrong with the old the old fashioned ways of like? If you're on your own joining the club or going to the pub where there's a quiz night where you kind of join a team or something and I, I don't know and socialize because mm. um, there mm. are there are ways and most people are very kind and in a safe environment you know yeah didn't, yeah. didn't they have uh, didn't some supermarkets run single nights or something where where it was like no one that you were going shopping and you were, what, can you remember that yeah, yeah. I, I just I made that. that up I thought <laughs> I know you have. No, I don't think I have. I, I think. Oh no, you haven't made it up. I remember that. Yeah, 
what you go yeah. shopping with your trolley but everybody in the shop's single so yeah. you hope yeah. to bump trolleys with someone down the banana aisle yeah. yeah and you know discuss your discuss what what your likes and dislikes are about frosties or something you know what i mean oh, yeah and you might meet tony the tiger <laughs> yeah exactly well if you're down if you're down now don't get drunk don't get drunk just send an email, just send an email to the agony uncles our next problem is called the Out of Order Sister. For this, I need uh, one female and one male name, Uncle Si and Uncle Dave. You can give that one female, one male. And if the male name can be uh, sort of youth-based, that would be great. So, uh, Uncle Si, uh, perhaps a female name? Um, Pauline. Pauline and Uncle Dave, a youth-based male name? Clinton. Clinton. Pauline <laughs> and Clinton. Pauline writes... Sorry, can I just stop there? I, I need to shout you out on your ages. A youth-based name being Pauline. No, no, no. Oh, the, 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 the male name was the youth-based. The female oh, name the was male the, one. Oh, the I male one. Sorry, sorry. So, so Clinton. Well, you all want to talk about thinking up names quickly. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're not the one to criticise. <laughs> trying to keep the youth aspect in there for you. <laughs> in glass houses, etc. Uh, right, so Pauline writes, Dear Uncle Si and Uncle Dave and Posh Tash, my son, Clinton, is my pride and joy. He's smart and funny and has honestly never given me a day's worry. I've raised him on my own with my parents' help and I'm so proud of him for how he's grown up so well. He's about to do his GCSEs early next year and really wants to work as an engineer in the aerospace industry. He's plane mad. So I think that means aeroplane mad. So he's just been looking at apprenticeships. My sister is different to me. She's a solicitor, married to a solicitor, and they have a son, slightly older, and he's been the opposite of my son, with lots of trouble, stress for his parents, and he's basically scraped through his A-levels. However, good on him. He's got a uni place, though he doesn't really know what he wants to do after his degree. I was round at my sister's very large house the other week, and she always likes to show off the things she's got, new things she's bought, but it's never really bothered me. But what did bother me was that she said... Oh, I hear that Clinton isn't going to university. I said, no, he wanted to do an apprenticeship. And she said, oh, I'm so sorry. You must be so disappointed in him. <laughs> I was so cross. I told him I was very proud of him, but she said that, well, he'll only be a manual worker if he follows that path. What? I think she's really overstepped the mark, and I told her so, and I can't shake off this very angry feeling. Why would she be so horrible? And what should I do to repair this one? Please help, Pauline. Over to you. Good grief. Give her a serious talking yeah. to. Yeah, it's none of her business what she does with her son at the end of the day. And there is no set formula. And I think nowadays, actually, the uni places are being taken up by so many that actually there might be the advantage not to be there. And actually mm. you become more entrepreneurial and more get up and go to go and actually do what you want. And if you do what you want, you're happy what you do, you're successful at it. And I do believe that. Yeah, I think that's very true, Tash. Isn't it odd that 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 mindset still exists yeah. in this world. I mean, how ridiculous, how ridiculous. And look, it's cool. You know, kids work really hard when they get to uni. You know, they do. Oh, some of them do. You know, it's like everything. <laughs> well. You know, but well, you kind of just say that. That's really unthoughtful and just, ah, oh, yeah. I think, yeah, I think it's, it sucks really. But I think the fact is it's an apprenticeship. It's a structured course and path like university and uh, I mean I come from a town like Barrows I'm sure Newcastle and it, it's apprenticeships the town's built on that yeah it's also built on university yeah, you know but, but there again see I, I went to uni 
a lot of my colleagues went and had apprenticeships in the shipyard and um, they, they've, they've done very well and they've become trades, well, trades people's the wrong word. They've become professional people, you know, and if they've been welders or whatever, or draftsmen, they've gone to work all over the world because they've had a skill that's transferable, yeah. you know, but also in those days, of course, we didn't pay university fees and we got grants. Mm. So actually that's, you know, the youngsters have to think about that now, unless you come from a posh family where the family gonna pay the nine grand a year, plus pay living accommodation, you know, and support for, for several yeah. years, you know, or else what do you do? You, you end up with debt around your neck for years with this student loan. Yeah. Um, so actually there's a lot to be said for apprenticeships. You know, you, you have to be on your metal because obviously you get fired. You know, in some ways you have to be more disciplined, I feel. I, I come from uni, but I feel you have to probably be more disciplined with an apprenticeship and grow up quicker than maybe at uni. Uni's great for growing up because it gets you away from the home. I think that that's the brilliant side of it. But in terms of being disciplined, you know, you, you, you're with peers, you're working, and if you don't, you know, ship up, you ship out. Mm. Um, it makes it really better, I don't often confess to it, but I, um, so I didn't go to uni, but I had a place to go. So I got my A-levels, I got mm. my place. But when I was younger, there was, and I was obviously wanted to, I didn't want to be an actress or a presenter or anything like that, but I knew I wanted to work in the media. But everyone at my generation presumed if you're a bit like that, you must do PR. It was, oh, you know, I was good mm. at English, you must. And I was like, I don't actually want to do PR. I don't want to write, you know, I don't want to write documents and put them out into the press. I'm not, I'm not a writer, I'm better with people. And so I looked to my parents and I said, I actually, I, I, I want to go into the media, I'll do your deal. I've got a place to university, give me four weeks. There were no sort of emails or phones then. I want to knock on doors in London of companies I'd like to work for. And can I knock on the doors? And if I get a job, I'll take the job. And will you support me? And if I don't get a job in four weeks, then I will go to university. And it, but it was a four-year degree. And I'm quite mature at my age then. I didn't want to do four years at university. I wanted to go into the workplace. I wanted to earn. I wanted to get to London. So I knew what I wanted. And I was lucky because not many people do know what they want to do. And I felt passionately about wanting to work in the media. And so I knocked on doors and I ended up with a fabulous job working with the wonderful Tony Ball and Michael Ball's father and all these wonderful characters in the media. And I got myself into an agency and I, I loved it. And I learned my trade earning. Um, and I honestly, I, I, I only look back when I think if I had to get another job now, if I wanted to teach, I couldn't teach because I don't have a degree, which is ridiculous because I've got a lot to mm. give, let's say, if I wanted to. There are little things like that in life where you kind of go, a degree might have given you a help, but I didn't. I wanted to work where I work and I absolutely love it. And I did it because I got up and I was passionate and I knocked on the right doors. And I do think there's a way you can do that. So, you know, I chose that path. So there are ways and I'm happy, healthy, married, kids, successful, all enough, <laughs> you know, and I think you can do it that way. So I'm, I'm a massive supporter and I've told my kids that. Go for uni if you want to, but if you really feel passionately, I'll support you. Mm. I, I think as well that, that that university, and I mean, I may be completely off the mark here, but university, um, there the, the seems to be, there seems to be a, a movement towards um, that you have to really want to do it. Do you know yeah. what I mean? You have to, it's not just a... Uh, I, I, I kind of, you know, it just feels like, you know, uh, the my um, my niece's son Max, he he's training to be, he he's always since I could remember, he's always wanted to be a doctor, um, <clears throat> and he wants to be a surgeon. So he's at uh, a university in the northeast on a medical course, doing incredibly well, and 
and and he was saying that you know what there's loads of loads of things you can do with you at, at, at university now but th- there's so many courses but yeah. the thing is the application of those courses into into the international workplace is minimal because it they're not particularly relevant yeah, yeah. So yeah, there true. is this, there is this, this. Yeah, but then, then people say things like, I did fine art. And then people mm. will say, that's not relevant because you, you don't, it doesn't lead to a job. And mm. that's wrong. But what, what the big problem I have with that is a lot of the courses that are not relevant to a job, yeah. uh, like engineering, because of the costs involved, are excluded to maybe people who come from a poor background who are truly yeah. talented. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. you know, and they're going to slip through the net because you simply can't do it yeah. these mm. days. Um, and I think I think that's interesting. My brother being a case in point, Dave, that, that you know, my me, me brother's an international infrastructures engineer, you know, and, and he goes all over the world. And what happened, what happened with Will was that he he learned while, so he has a degree, but he, his degree was uh, was based on on learning on the job. And then going at, at, at nights to night school. Can I remember night school when you you know? Mm. And that was that was his route. Yeah. So, and I've got a lot of friends. I think also I've got friends of parents of my friends. Sorry, who are super finance directors and millionaires mm. now. You know, in, in their 60s, 70s, they've got two O levels. Mm. Yeah. Know? Yeah. It can't yeah. be done. It can't be done. Uh, yeah. And and I, yeah, I'm I'm not entirely sure whether the, the the systems are the same in terms of recruitment and all of that sort of thing because clearly you know there's two paths basically isn't isn't there there's there's the degree path and then learning through experience and yeah. hands-on yeah. and and I think it's just about as we all say and really there's no right and wrong way it depends on on the yeah. character and personality but the expectation to go well that uh, that's the right way to do it to you know go yeah. to university and this is oh you'll just be a manual worker well that's simply not true and actually quite frankly rude and very naive mm-hmm. so yeah How did, um, you and Blair um come up with some amazing scheme I don't think it's quite apprenticeship but I think he's opened up to the non-university route and opening up jobs so you almost you get a job earlier on but you do three years with the company or whatever it is and then you get a degree he's creating a degree out of apprenticeships and working and I just think that is a, a genius way to go yeah mm. Mm. I think any parent should be delighted and you know and relieved if their offspring has the passion and drive to either go to university or to go for an apprenticeship exactly yeah. the, yeah. The, you know the one to t- start worrying about is when you know somebody leaves school fair enough you haven't got a clue what you want to do but maybe he's drifting aimlessly then that's a, yeah. that, that's a worry and it needs help but either of those pathways blooming put the flags out and rejoice yeah. for the both kids if you got problems you'll be fine just drop the agony uncles a line it's time to head to confidential corner for this we need a lady's name we haven't asked her yet but we're gonna here comes posh tash with name of the week i'm not ready i'm not ready maria 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 has written in maria so maria has written and says dear uncle si uncle dave and posh tash please can you help me stop being so british I honestly can't say boo to a goose. You see, I've been working in my current job for three years. The boss comes down to our floor once a week and always says to me, Hello, Helen. My name isn't Helen, but I just can't tell him. (laughs) I also can't complain. 
In a restaurant one time, our meals were brought out and I went to put some salt on it. The lid on the salt bottle was loose and as I shook it, everything fell out onto my steak and ale pie. The waiter saw this, but I said, no, it's fine, and insisted on eating it. But this week, the worst thing has happened. My partner and I get very passionate during snuggle time, which I love as I feel completely safe with him. However, imagine my horror when I've received a letter from the council noise complaints department this morning, telling me that our noisy lovemaking has received a complaint from a neighbour and that they have a record of when and for how long our noisy sessions were going on. I'm mortified. They don't say which neighbour has complained, and so what do I do? Do I knock on each of their doors? There are about eight people it could possibly be. Not eight! Eight people! Eight neighbours. That's the whole terrace! <laughs> eight neighbours. Do I print a... Do I print a letter and stick it on the lamppost? Do I just move house? I can barely go outside. I can't look anyone in the eye. I wish I could just laugh it off, but I can't. What should I do? Asks Maria. Over to you. Crumbs. All I can say, Maria, is you're a lot less inhibited in the bedroom as you are in the restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, yeah. I mean... Yeah, I'm a bit like that in a restaurant. I just kind of... See, this is where me and Kingy differ. You know, I, I just kind of, you know, whatever, and put up with it and never go back. But Mr King will be a bit more vocal, shall we say. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, I sometimes I think... Oh, no, no, don't do it. No, 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 please. I have to go to the loo. <laughs> I, can, I can see him. I can see him about to start. <laughs> Is this so, true, Mr King? Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, it's a little David, go. Kingy. I can't be arsed tonight. Oh, be and I go, I know, dude, but this is shocking, man. And he's like, I know. All right, I'm going to Lou. I went, right, you go to the loo and I'll and I'll 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 say something. I go, yeah, all right then. And then and I mean, you know, either actually to be fair, either works. Because normally I get absolutely nowhere. <laughs> Dave's going, comes back from having a week on told you. So it's uh yeah. I, I remember the scrambled eggs. Oh, where, where you got so, so we were right actually. Every every day we came down for breakfast, oh. and we were working on a long term thing. And every day the scrambled eggs were like a block of rubber. Yeah. yeah. And and they said, well, that's what they have to do because the American guests like it like that. Ah. Next thing I know, King is in the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> the steam coming out of his ears. Forceful tread. He was in the kitchen. <laughs> oh, shout to make bloody scrambled eggs. <laughs> Here. I'm not American. This is how you do it. Yes. I'm yes. also a guest, as is my colleague, and we like scrambled eggs, not that you can cause injury with. So. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I think she should just probably move or work out a way of Baiting the cushion or something, I don't know. No, I disagree. So the most British thing you could possibly do is say sorry. Because that's what, I mean, that's my biggest British fault. I apologise for everything. It's always my fault. It's just safer, I think. Say sorry, you know, you haven't even bumped into somebody that you said sorry. Um, so she either... Sorry, yeah. Sorry. Either she goes out and she does a bottom line, sorry to everybody, very British. She stays... It is eight. It's a terrace. Yeah, OK. I mean, or, eight neighbours have heard her giving it what for. So, so I how... think, yeah, no, she puts a poster up on a lamppost in the street and she says, just to let everybody know, at eight o'clock on a Tuesday, you might want to turn your TVs up. <laughs> <laughs> but funny enough is, you know, being British like that smacks of inhibition. So obviously, 
our Maria certainly has lost her inhibitions. So she's not completely British because otherwise she'd be there biting her lip, wouldn't she? Mm. And not, you know, the odd whimper like, and that's about as much as it will get. But no, not Maria. So no. she, you know, the, there's there's hidden depths of, of you know, not Britishness. I don't know what you mean, no, that. How is it when somebody stands on your toe? Sorry, I, I say that. Sorry. I just got in the way. And in my head, I'm thinking, you curless bastard. You know? <laughs> Do. You're always sorry ahead of time, you know, just in case it was my fault. I mean, it's ridiculous. I've got an idea. Maria, what you need to do is close all of the windows, <laughs> number one. Yeah. Number two, have a barbecue for all your neighbours, right? And then at some point, when they've all had a drink, just go, listen, somebody sent a letter in because, you know, we get a bit, you know... In snuggle time, as she puts it, we get a bit vocal. So perhaps, well, you, yeah, sorry about that. And we'll try harder <laughs> to not be vocal, obviously. So, yeah, just bit, well, I don't know. It's I don't know. snuggle time, though, isn't it? They get to snuggle time and they'll be like, oh, God. <laughs> well, that's why I'm saying they might as well move. You know what I mean? Yeah, I could stay with you for a year. I remember when I was at, first went to uni, I was in Hall of Residence for one week because that's till I realised what it cost and I moved <laughs> I moved out. But the Hall of Residence, obviously, the walls are pretty thin. And at this time, you know, most of us had never really experienced much snuggle time, if any, <laughs> except one young book. Anyway, one night we heard this scream down the corridor and it was this young lady shouted out, Spear me! <laughs> the irony is now this man still because that nick that name stuck with him didn't it oh, he became known as he lost his name with spear me and i was in his 60s he's still spear me <laughs> you know who you are yeah. brilliant oh, God. Uh, yeah it's, it's gonna hang on for 40 odd years you know <laughs> they'll be called the screamers of the streets probably <laughs> yeah maria <laughs> or they could just got everybody involved, you know, be like, you know, a scene from Caliglia, you know, it'd be great, wouldn't it? You know what I mean? <laughs> no, that's a, that's a completely different scenario. It's called swinging. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, that's a fair point, though. Maybe the neighbours have actually written in jealousy. They just can't bear it. They're sitting awkwardly next to their husband. They haven't touched each other for so long. They're going, oh, that's awkward. So they've gone mm. on one cross with them. Let's shut it up. Or maybe, yeah, or maybe the all getting too fruity for their own good, listening to what's going on, you Ooh, see. Oh, yeah, could be getting kicked yeah. in. Yeah. No. yeah. <laughs> Either what, way, sort of, what sort of person phones the council, gets in touch with the council? Do you think it's a practical joke? Do you think someone's, maybe her husband's wound her up? <laughs> you never know. Certainly has wound her up, Tash. Uh, uh, <laughs> like a coiled spring. <laughs> Oh, Maria. oh, I don't think she should stop anything. Enjoy yourself. I think she sounds great. Yeah, she does. She sounds yeah, good. She's got the right amount of propriety, and yet behind that propriety, yeah. you know, there's a, you know, a fun-loving person. Slightly put. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> behind that, that veneer, there's a proper, proper animal. <laughs> yeah. I, I think this episode was worth it simply for Sai doing some sort of animal noise there, which was quite, uh, yeah, for many people, I'm sure that'll be quite exciting, Sai. I'm here all week. <laughs> we should hear his gorilla. Uh, that's not good. Oh my! I'm just already waiting for the emails to come in off that back of that conversation. I can hear them now. I can hear them now. <laughs> <laughs>
Imagine yeah. we used to do a, do a thing, didn't we, Kingy, that was quite vocal, not in a sexual way, but it was at parties. When we were yeah. both rather large, we used to do our walruses mating impersonation. <laughs> But the thing is that what used to happen, we used to <laughs> the way they think we, we we decided to go. We, we cannot really do this, Dave, because it's it, honestly it, either Dave's back would go out yeah. or mine would. We're so it other. would be like we were killing each other. Especially we drunk. We start off with the the, the we we we'd, we'd circle each other. Go, <laughs> and it build up to this full body <laughs> slam. <laughs> <laughs> And then we do that, wouldn't we? We'd wobble a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, oh, it was. Yeah. But I it am was... so going out with you two one evening to a dance floor. Exactly. <laughs> I'm too old for it now. I've had enough of hospitals this year. <laughs> <laughs> that is brilliant. So, did it actually clear the dance floor, and then the ladies came flocking, or was it? Just no, no, just cleared the dance floor. No, cleared the dance floor. Just, no. Somebody had to call an ambulance. Mostly, it, was, it, it yeah, wasn't it was... actually an erotic act, should we say, no. Tash? It was more no. comedic value, I think, really. Yeah. And whoever ended up on the bottom was like a dead fly. Let's let's uh, let, let's go on the table for Maria. Then Maria, this is the uh, this is the advice that we have for you. Starting with uh, Uncle Dave here. I, th I think yeah, there's there's a paradox really. You're, you're you're not really that British after all, Maria. And I think you should just embrace who you are. Uncle Si. Tell the neighbours to get stuff. Shut the windows. Turn the telly up, and you crack on, girl. <laughs> and Posh Dash. Yeah, I put a poster up outside saying just to let you know. <laughs> 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 Thursday night, eight o'clock, yeah. headphones on. You know, you know, you see them on the continent, those cars with like billboards on the back yeah. that just drives yeah. up and down the street, like <laughs> particularly at election time. We just go, okay, Maria and her partner's going to be giving it what for in 20 minutes. Yes, but then that could be misconstrued as an invite to watch or listen. Uh, so you're gonna, it's going to be completely uh, wrong. And I, I believe there's a term for that, but which I'm not going to repeat. <laughs> Woof, woof. If, if your life's in a mess, then the email address is theagonyuncles at thehairybikes.co.uk. Yeah. Thanks so much for listening to us on the Agony Uncles podcast, which was sponsored today by Meter. Now, for those of you who don't know, Meter is a wireless meat thermometer that could change your cooking world, as well as basically, you stick this in your meat or on the barbecue or in your air fryer, then you monitor the cooking on your app. It'll tell you exactly the internal temperature of the cooking, the external temperature, and tell you when to take the meat off the barbecue or the oven. Yes, meat gives you the confidence to cook like a pro, and me and Dave use them all the time, which is why they're sponsoring the Agony Uncles podcast. And to celebrate this, we've done you a favour because as one of our listeners, you get a meter for 20% off. That's not 10%, you know, and it's not even 15 it's actually a full 20% off, which is why I've just said it. It's a lot, isn't it? It's easy yeah. to get your 20% off. Just go to meter.com, which is spelt M-E-A-T-E-R, and use the code HAIRY20 to get 20% off anything in the meter range. So go on, have a look at the shop online and use HAIRY20 to get all that money off. Yeah. And there'll be a new episode of The Agony Uncles every Friday. So remember to follow us, please. Please follow us. Or subscribe or hit any button that looks like you'll never leave us. Uh, and, to, and make sure you, that you don't miss a single episode of this lovely podcast. So, from Posh Tash. Bye. 
the thin white tube. Goodbye. And most certainly from us. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.